Hi there, you're listening to Commissioning Conversations, the podcast brought to you by Broadcast Intelligence. And welcome to Commissioning Conversations. My name is Alice Redman and I'm a Senior Media Researcher for Broadcast Intelligence. And today I'm joined by Jordan Laird from Studio Something. Jordan and the team have become absolutely infamous in the world of sports programming for their BBC Scotland programme, A View from the Terrace. Garnering masses of critical acclaim as well as UK-wide fans, the programme was filming its second series when lockdown began. However, we're not going to focus too much on that right now. And instead, I think, Jordan, it'd be really good to know how A View from the Terrace came to be. Thank you. That was nice words as well. Thanks very much. Yeah, so Studio Something uh, was a company started by me and my very, very good friend uh, Ian Greenhill about uh, six years ago. Uh, The two of us started it and we kind of set up the company with this idea, naive idea of just doing creative stuff and we'll we'll find a way. To be honest, we we sort of found our way through and we sort of mostly worked in uh, advertising, but we sort of found lots of different creative ways into that. So we had built apps, we'd done websites, we'd done TV adverts, music videos, loads of different things, but mostly in the kind of advertising marketing world. And we'd always kind of had a reasonable ambition to maybe try and move in towards TV and film if an opportunity arose, but it wasn't top of our priority at the time. And then someone who worked for us, Robert Borthwick, he was on a podcast in his spare time called The Terrace. It was him, a load of, a load of mates, and they, uh, they just talked nonsense about Scottish football all the times a week. And uh, David Harron from BC Scotland, the commissioner there, was looking for a new late-night topical football. Well, at the time, I think it was just a sports show they were looking for to launch the new BC Scotland channel. I think, if I'm correct, I think he'd had uh, four uh, pilots done at the time and wasn't necessarily sure if it was the thing he was looking for. So he was a fan of the podcast and got in touch directly with the podcast guys to say, would, would you guys be interested in making a pilot? And to their probably honesty and credit, they were like, yeah, sure, we'd love to make a TV pilot, but we no idea how to do it. So kind of fortuitously, that all came around, Rob being a part of the podcast, then being asked to make a pilot, and him working for us, he came to me and Ian and said, look, should we... Should Studio Something try? Would Studio Something like to try and do the pilot? Yeah, that was how we, we just went for it. We, David, to his credit, was like, this is how much you have. I'm here to give you any advice, but we need it delivered by, I think, I think we had about four weeks to make it. I was like, I need it back on this date. And yeah, but we'll see what, see what happens. And he made it very clear we were rank outsiders. He was like, we've got four pilots already made that we could definitely put on television. And I think he was commissioning us and one more. So there'd be six in total. And he, he was, he was very clear that we were the outsiders. Yeah, we just, we spent four weeks making a, a slightly weird football show that we thought we would like to watch. And so what do you think it was about the show that meant you were selected as the underdogs over the other five pilots? I was thinking about that this morning uh, when I was looking at the questions and I think potentially it might have been to do with the fact that we weren't necessarily trying to win. Like we, we knew that we didn't have a massive shot at it. So we had set out with the principle of let's just try and make a show that if for some weird freaking nature, we win this. And let's just say he asked us to make 20 episodes of this. Would we want to make 20 episodes of it? Would we be able to make 20 episodes of it? Would we care about this? Rather than try and win the pitch, I think we were just like, let's just make a show that we really like. As kind of principled as that sounds, it almost sounds like 
just saying that, but it genuinely was. We're like, we'll just make something that we like. And not to discredit anything, but there's not that many TV shows made about Scottish football, really. There is a sort of highlight show, then you'll have a, a, a chat show maybe on the radio about it, but there's not really much made about the game in Scotland. So we were like, it would just be cool to make an hour of TV about Scottish football that kind of passionately loves it and just it's what we'd like to see about Scottish football and yeah that was kind of it it was just like let's just let's make the show we'd like to make and let's make the show that if we were asked to make this for the next 10 years we wouldn't be too bothered about making and I think that I think like speaking to David now I think that's what set it apart I think it was that it was a little bit offbeat it wasn't taking itself too seriously but it wasn't being too jokey about the, the game like we always set out with a tone that football means everything and it means nothing so it's the uh, we love it we absolutely care about it we truly care if we win at the weekend if our team wins we truly go in depth about tactics but also accepting that it doesn't really matter there's way more important things in the world and it, most football fans will admit that after about 5.30 on a Saturday once the game's over even if you've got beat you're kind of over it and there's a lot of other things that we realise especially now actually when we don't have football realising that the majority of things that we all loved about football is meeting your pals before the game going with your dad or your mum or your brother or your sister to the match chatting about it during the week and like looking forward to games and looking back on games it's not the 90 minutes are they're only, they're only a small part of it. Um, so we just, we try to focus on those things that we loved about the game. And so once the pilot was made, what was the process like from there? Yeah, I think that, that was a big thing actually, because once the pilot was made, what we'd done then was we'd made a show in a four week period, which when you looked at it, it looked like a sort of live TV shows, you know, so it was about 40 minutes of teams sat on the couches talking about games past, games coming up and some non-topical kind of moments from Scottish football interspersed with these films about the game but obviously we've taken a four-week period to make that and now what they were looking for at the BBC was us to make that show every single week for initially it was 10 weeks um, and I think that was when there was definitely questions from the BBC as to you basically made this one with a lot of time and kind of no restrictions. You know, we had a lot of commercial music on it. We'd, we'd used footage from some stuff. Yeah, there was kind of no constraints on that one. There was no pressure to deliver that. It wasn't going on television. Whereas now it was like, actually, as myself, as a, I was a first time director. So there was no, they had no idea. <laughs> they didn't even know who I was. Uh, Andy uh, Mass, my producer, the series producer, had never produced to this level before for TV, week in, week out. Team on the couch. Uh, they'd all just been on a podcast, which they made in their spare time. So they had never been faces of a TV show, which was, again, as a, one of the only, there's only a few things that are made about Scottish football. So there's quite a lot of pressure on, on them to be the faces of this. And yeah, like Ian, my business partner, as the exec on the show, had never exec the show. So I think that's when it became real for the BBC as to, okay, we like that pilot. <laughs> and there is nothing, there's nothing right now that says that you can do that week in, week out. And um, I think the David's thing was maintain the, the standard of the pilot and maintain the quality of the pilot. So we had a lot of a lot of chats with them and a lot of trying to not reassure them, but just kind of get to know them and then get to know us. So I think we delivered that and I'm really bad with looking back on dates and stuff. I think we delivered that at like the end of August and don't think, yeah, because it was for the launch of the channel. The, the channel was launching in the February of the next year and we were going on in like, I think it was maybe March the 6th or something. And see if I've got those dates right, I will be so impressed. And um, so there was a bit of time. There was like about 
four months or so, I think, between delivering the pilot and actually getting to the, the nitty gritty of, right, you're going to be on air next week. I take it the BBC really kind of supported you all stepping up your roles throughout the process. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can't, I, and it sounds, I honestly sounds almost like sycophantic, but I can't actually thank our commissioner enough, David Harron. He's given us so much uh, support and also, don't want to say free reign because he might not like that, and he might, but he genuinely has given us a lot of opportunities to make whatever we thought was the right thing to make. And I supported us all the way through this, you know, I think I mentioned it to you when we did the talk uh, down in Manchester that when we pitched them the idea of doing a 15-minute mockumentary about Scotland winning the World Cup and what it would do to society and society would actually fall apart if Scotland achieved that level of success. And he was like, yeah, it's a great idea. Go for it. I was like, he, <laughs> this feels like he'll let us make anything. And it, uh, yeah, just, I think they, they've really supported us and really backed us. They really backed the guys on the couch and they got behind the show. Couldn't really thank them enough I always think about it especially like uh, you know we've dealt with a lot of football clubs as well over the time and over like maybe now 16 months later people know the show but when we first started we were contacting football clubs and just asking if we could come in and make weird films about their football grounds and or make weird films about the people that go to the games and everyone just kind of supported us and just was like, yeah, I don't know. The people just seemed to back it for some reason or the people who wanted to back it and people that understood why we were making it really did did back it. Do you think that's part of the success of the programme? I think uh, I think honesty is a big part of the success of the show. We don't shy away from slagging things off in the game. We don't shy away from having faults at it, even having a goal sometimes that are like, we've always kind of maintained that this show is, it's fans that make it. We're fans of the game and this is just our opinion. It might be right, it might be wrong, but I think we're always honest and we try and try and shine a light on the good parts of the game and we try and shine a light on the bits that we think are, are rubbish and they think that they need to shine a light on, a light shone on, sorry. And I think there's also an element of, obviously in Scotland, if you ask, if, if you ask anyone probably in the country, about Scottish football, they'll know of a couple of teams. They'll probably know of Rangers and Celtic. They might know of a few outside of that, and they might know a little bit about our national team. But in reality, there's you know there's 42 men's professional teams, and we've got a really really like burgeoning women's game. Uh, we've got a huge junior game here. We've got massive amount of grassroots football, and it's all spread throughout the country. And I don't think anyone's ever really delved in and tried to tell the stories of all of those facets of, of Scottish football. So it kind of felt like it was like this huge, massive body of stories there just for us to, to delve into and, and tell. And I think, I think people like that. I think people appreciate why we're doing it. And I always joke, every time we're at a football ground filming, you can tell it's us because we don't seem to be filming the football that often. I remember one time we were, uh, we were down at Berwick Rangers filming and the game was going on and we were like really really far in the tunnel filming from the tunnel and a guy came out from the changing room and just looked at us like why on earth would they be the football the match is on out there why on earth would you be filming literally from inside the building people have i think responded to the honesty and the lack of cynicism like we were we're uncynical about it we we love our game here, but we know that it has its faults. We don't need to be the same as the English Premier League or the same as the Bundesliga or whatever. We can be proud of what we've got here. And so you were, correct me if I'm wrong, midway through or partway through filming the second series when lockdown kind of happened. How did that affect what was going on that week? What measures did you put in place? Have you shut down completely for now? 
yeah, we were midway through season two. So like season one had been, we originally had 10 episodes, then that was extended to 13. And then we came back for season two and we'd already done 10 episodes. And this was us on the next 10, but that was about to be extended to the end of the season as well. So we were really, really in the, the meat of a very, very long run. Um, at the time, I think we'd only done eight of that, that, that 10. Um, so, but I think we'd, we'd kind of, obviously, we'd not seen it coming, but we were quite conscious of looking around and we're looking at Italy and Spain and the fact that games were clearly being called off there. There was, unless something dramatically different was going to happen in, in Britain, it felt like it was quite inevitable that football was about to cease. And if that was the case, if football was ceasing, we would probably be ceasing as well. So we were kind of for about, I think it was for about three weeks leading up, we were quite, we were very cautious of what the set was like and obviously taking all precautions on set. And uh, we were starting to look at putting in place like being able to edit offline, being able to edit from home, not having to travel as much. Yeah, then it became quite clear really quickly that that was it. Football was off and there'd be no more football. I think football in Scotland was called off on the Friday and we still had, we weren't in lockdown until the week, a week and a bit after. So we shot one more episode with a very skeleton crew, which was kind of looking at the situation we were in. Um, and that was our last live episode. When we shot that episode, we shot a compilation episode as well. So we just shot with the guys and got them to shoot a lot of inserts so we could do a compilation episode. And then because obviously the with a lot of channels right now with huge spaces in their schedule, we we estimated like I think in every in every episode we have on average about eighteen minutes of VTs on football in the game. Most of them are reasonably timeless. They're just about characters and stories in the game around Scotland. So we approached David and the BBC and said, look, we've got I think it was about four hundred hours worth of football VTs. Would you like us to look at packaging them up them up into a, comp a few compilation episodes? And they were really interested. And, We've always had a lot of uh, response to these films and we always get a lot of comments online and stuff about people asking to potentially do an episode that's just the, the films, just as something different. We've got uh, three episodes coming out every Friday called uh, A View From The Terrace, The Wee Films, because um, that's what people seem to call them. Oh, The Wee Films from, from the show. Um, so yeah, we've got three hour long episodes of those coming out. For the show, that is us postponed now until football comes back. Um, but we are working with the on-screen talent at the moment to potentially work on something to do in May and June, which would take form of a kind of online show with them kind of delving back into the history of Scottish football and interviewing people and stuff. So to try and still, people, there's still a huge appetite for football. And the strange thing about our show is it is about football and it is about football as in the analysis of what's happened but it's as much about the culture and as much about the game and that all still exists lovely and so just kind of to wrap up i was wondering what are you watching at the moment during lockdown what's your go-to box set go-to program it's a good question because i've got two kids uh, one who is three and one is one and uh, i've heard loads of my pals be like oh yeah i've just like finally i've had a chance to fly through the wire do sopranos do eight episodes of breaking bad last night and uh, I think potentially we're watching just about the same amount of TV as we were before lockdown. So definitely not being able to fly through as many shows as I wanted to. But I would say um, 
I'm a total sucker for a sports documentary. I'm terrible for it. As soon as I watch a sports documentary, I'm instantly a fan of whoever it is about or whatever club it's about. Um, I've been a fan of the Arizona Cardinals. I'm now a Philly Eagles fan because I watched All or Nothing. I love Man United, but when I watched the Man City All or Nothing documentary, I became a fan of them for about six weeks. Um, so I'm really into sports documentaries. I'm loving the new Michael uh, Jordan, The Last Dance one on Netflix. And... Outside of that, I'm a total sucker for a, a romance. So I'm loving uh, normal people. I actually, for some reason, I went to watch it on whatever night it was, and I thought it was going to be like released weekly. And then I went on, and I was like, yes, 12 episodes, class. So uh, I've been flying through that. And I think it's awesome. Uh, like, just shot beautifully, great story. It's nice to watch something that's not uh, nothing to do with, nothing to do with the world we're in right now. It's just nice. We managed to watch two episodes of both of those in about six weeks of lockdown. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for being on Commissioning Conversations this week. No worries. Thank you for having me. And I hope, I, uh, hope you've edited out anything that I've said that is libelous or stupid. <laughs> I'll try. Thanks for listening to Commissioning Conversations. This podcast is produced, hosted and edited by Alice Redman and Hannah Bowler. We'll be back next week with more. So don't forget to subscribe on Spotify, Apple, Podbeam or YouTube. In the meantime, the latest commissioner briefs can be found on broadcastintel.com.